0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast, presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us and powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of the Pomp and Pony Podcast, and we have with us today one of the best people that I think I've ever met all time, and also one of the best players in NFL history, the man known as Double D, Dermonti Dawson, uh, who has been kind enough to join us. Dermonti, first of all, thanks. I appreciate the time. How are you? And what's going on in your life these days?
1: Oh, Bob, hey, thank you for having me on the show, man. Oh, you know, hey, right now, I am not doing a whole lot. I've got some home projects I'm doing, redoing my wood floors. And we're redecorating the house, and uh, you're doing it well, yourself. Do uh, Well, no, I did the bedrooms, but the other wood floors throughout the house, we're going to have them sand it and uh, and have uh, three coats of polyurethane put on on top.
0: There you got to go. You got to do that as homeowners. I know there's always something knocking at your door.
1: Always upkeep. <laughs> always upkeep.
0: Well, for those who don't, uh, and we're too young to watch you play, you were one of the best in the game. Uh, the fact that you were a second round pick. Uh, really to me tells you just how much you earned along the way uh, because you had nothing was really given to you and and I want to first start with your nickname for those who don't know Dermani was known as Dirt which is to say that he leveled people on the playing field as one of the best centers of all time I mean he just pancaked you but yet you have to also be one of the nicest people I've ever met how do you navigate between being nasty and nice at the same time
1: Well, you know, I mean, I always got – I got the nickname from LeVon Kirkland, uh, Ned Flanders, because I was so happy in the the morning uh, in the locker room. And, uh, you know, LeVon would say, well, you know, why are you always happy and and smiling? Uh, And I said, well, I really have nothing to be sad about. But, you know, when you're on the field, it's a totally different, uh, you know, mentality you have to have in order to do your job. But once you're off the field, you know, then you're a normal person. You're you're just – you know, you act normal and civilized. You know, it's just not, uh, you know, some guys can turn it on, some guys can turn it off. Uh, but, you know, when you're on the field, it's totally different. That That's your job. So I want to
0: ask you about, first of all, because the Steelers have a situation coming on this year that's very similar to when you first started. I remember you playing guard before you moved over to center because Mike Webster was the center. And you followed him yeah. and carried on that tradition there, which is a, a tremendous thing the Steelers have had over the years. So few coaches and so few centers. But you played guard. You had to go to center. Uh, they have a kid who they drafted now and is eventually going to be a center, Kendrick Green, but he's never really played there. He has to some degree, but he's mostly a guard. What is the biggest problem he you think he'll face making that transition?
1: Well, you know, I'm making the transition from guard to center, I mean, it's really all about knowing the, the defense is – and uh, making sure that you know all the audibles and and some and all the calls associated with it. But, you know, the biggest transition, I think, is just snapping the ball to the quarterback and having, you know, one hand on the ball and then one hand on the ground. And then you got a nose guard over you most of the time. So, you know, I think just making that transition from just having, some you know, the ball in your hand, trying to snap to the quarterback, trying to listen. Because you have all these different things, you know, dynamics that are going on around you. And you have to be, you know, have to be keen and, and know exactly what's going on and know these defenses so that you can make those calls. So I think that's that's probably going to be the biggest transition for him. Um, you know, it's just, just with, you know, snapping the ball to the quarterback, you know, knowing the defenses or learning the defenses, which is going to take a while. Uh, but, you know, it's just all about preparation. And, and the more he studies, uh, the better off he's going to be. It's the Hometown Roofing Pop and
0: Pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Well, he's got some studying to do, and he looks like a, a guy who would fit very well into the nasty mode. He's one of those kind of guys on the field, which I think the Steelers really like. Um, I also want to talk to you about, th- this is an interesting year because there are two Hall of Fame inductions, and, and they're going to see a lot of Steelers yep. involved here this year. And I'm sure that makes you happy as someone who's part of that fraternity. Um, a guy like Alan Fanica, uh, I'm sure you know him very well. What was it about yeah. Allen? Because he was one of those guys like you who played in a ton of games. I believe he only missed two games in his entire career. You at one point played in 170 straight games. What is the secret to being, you know, longevity at that position, which is the hardest position I think on the football field?
1: You know, I'm really, Bob, I'm really not sure what the secret is to tell you the truth. But uh, I just know that, uh, you know, for me. It was a pride thing, just trying to make sure. I mean, you got to know the difference between 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 being injured and hurt. You know, if you're hurt and you can't play, then you have to. You you just you got to get treatment, and you're going to be out for a while. But to be injured, I mean, everybody's injured. Nobody plays 100% healthy uh, in the NFL because you just don't have the time, and it's such a physical game. But you know, I really don't know what the key is to uh, you know longevity and, and not missing any games. Um, I don't know if it's a uh, biological thing. Uh, all I know is that every uh, Sunday my aunt used to say that we prayed you up uh, to make sure you did not get hurt. <laughs> Power and, uh, of prayer, that's it's big. Prayer <laughs> <as> well.
0: <laughs> well, that ha- that can't hurt, yeah. that's for sure.
1: It doesn't hurt at all. Not at all.
0: So I suspect you have a pretty high pain tolerance. What is the What
1: is the most injured I- you've been while you played? Uh, you know, when I tore that tendon in my hamstring um, in in the Pro Bowl in, in I think it was 1999 when I tore that hamstring tendon and it kept bugging me and it kept popping midway through the season in the 99 season and 2000 season. And I still deal with that injury today, even though I have a high threshold for pain. But I tell you what, it bugs me every day. And um It's just nonstop. It's a nonstop ache that won't go away. And there's nothing you can really do about it.
0: Well, I think that's one of the reasons perhaps Marquise Pouncey decided to call it a career. Not sure he had his share of injuries. But were you surprised uh, that number 53 here after, you know, uh, a tremendous career where I'm sure at some point it's going to be a Hall of Fame career. uh, Were you surprised that it ended so quickly for him? Because I
1: thought he could play for another few more years. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he'd play a few more years as well, but you know everybody has a you know uh, a different t- a different uh, schedule when they want to retire. You know, based on injuries and uh, based on what's going on in your family life. Uh, you know, so everybody's got their own personal reasons why they retired at a certain age and a certain time. So you know, he just he just thought his body just couldn't do it anymore.
0: Steelers offensive line has had some issues. Now they've lost a lot of guys, uh, and they're going to supply a bunch of young guys to come in and. And start this season. I mean, they've, they've moved some guys over from tackle. Um, you know, they have inexperienced really much up the middle. How soon, Dermonti, can an offensive line come together? Because they're expecting big results right now. Najee Harris was brought in. Ben's 39. The offensive line has got to be really good or else they're going to be in trouble. How Can it happen quicker?
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's what training camp's all uh, about, too, you know, uh, getting that camaraderie together and making sure you guys are working, you know, the offensive line is working as one unit. And um, so it may take a while for all those guys to learn one another, uh, the calls, um, you know, where the weaknesses are in the O-line. Um, so, yeah, it, it may take a while. You know, I think offensive line, um, you know, just trying to get an offensive line, cohesive offensive line, it, it takes a while. And uh, it may take, uh, you know, maybe maybe first half of the uh, season for those guys to feel comfortable with one another. Hmm. But you just never know. It could be faster.
0: Yeah, I think guys today are expected to come in and play. Uh, it used to be, you know, you took your time, you kind of acclimated yourself, and then uh, by year two or three, maybe you get in there. But not today. I mean, people expect big things right now. I want to talk also about another Hall of Fame inductee. That would be your old coach, Bill Cower. He's had so many yes. uh, saliva showers that he's given to people with uh, the jaw, <laughs> the chin. What is your best Bill Cowher story?
1: Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think if I if I can remember any uh, stories about Coach Cowher. Did he ever get um, mad you know, at you? The only thing I, can say, I don't have any stories about Coach Cowher, but I just know that you know Coach Cowher. I think the key to his success um, throughout his career is that he never treated everybody the same. And you know he he had to wear many hats with different people because you got so many different personalities, but he knew how to corral those personalities and how to get the best out of uh, each and every player, and that's one of his strengths, you know and it's just uh you know some coaches don't have that that capability, but he does, but you know he always brought us together as 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 a unit, you know and and we played well for him.
0: Another thing that's topical these days, and I want to get your take on it, because I just saw a bunch of uh, rulings by Supreme Courts of different states, is that the image and likeness for players in college, and it looks like we're headed down a road where people are going to get paid and compensated for having their brand, but my question would be, what doesn't this make the rich richer? I mean, if you're going to get the marquee talent, the marquee talent is going to get the marquee endorsement, right? Or, or how do you
1: see that playing out? Um, you know, I'm really not sure how it's going to play out, to tell you the truth. But then again, you know, universities are making lots of money off of uh, the likeness of the players, uh, and especially your star players. And, and, of course, you know, your income-producing uh, sports like basketball and football at m- major universities, it brings in millions of dollars uh, a year. And I was reading one study where they were talking about that I think, uh, and not, not, not every university, but some of your top uh, uh, universities, with a large, uh, you know, with a, a winning tradition, say, say like in Al- Alabama, for instance, that a player's worth would be, even, even with the scholarship and everything else, a four year scholarship athlete, that they should make about $2 million a year off of their likeness because the universities are making so much money off of these guys and they're not seeing a dime. And some guys can't even afford, uh, you know, a car. You know, they come from uh, poor families, and, and and it's tough, you know. And I really don't know the correct answer, but I know that the NCAA is making a ton of money off of the players' likenesses. So, you know, I think guys should get uh, some kind of stipend from them.
0: Yeah, coaches are making a lot of money too. <laughs> and yep, you know, that's where it is, off of those players. So I think that time has finally come. It's taken a while, but it looks like it's here. It has. One final thing I want to ask you before we go, uh, and, you know, Hall of Fame weekend, you go to these things. Uh, what, what's it going to be like? What was it like for you when you got on that stage? I was talking to Troy Polamolo this week about it, and he he gave me the indication that he may be very much emotional, even though he doesn't want to be emotional. Can you control emotions on that stage when you're talking about your life as
1: a football player? No, you cannot. You cannot control emotions because, I mean, it could be uh... – it could be just one person you start to think about, and you start to get you start getting emotional about it. But luckily, I thought I was going to be nervous. I was nervous, but then again, I, people said, "Well, you really didn't seem like you were nervous," but I was. And uh, when you talk about addressing a whole stadium filled with people, and then you have all these Hall of Famers to your side that are listening to your speech, you know, it can it can be uh, overwhelming. And uh, you know. I was able to keep it together but you know some guys you know if something hits them right uh you know they get emotional and uh and i'm all for it you know because it's 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 a it's a great tribute uh and a great honor you know for you to be up there and and thanking everybody who helped you get to where you are so yeah i won't complain at all you can cry you know you don't have to cry it doesn't matter to me but Uh, it's just a great time, you know, to honor these guys.
0: It really is. And you went through that process, and I know you're looking forward to reconnecting with a lot of those guys. So, Dermani, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. It's always good catching up to you and wish you nothing but the best.
1: Bob, thank you very much, man. You guys have a great day. You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown
0: Roofing, put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.